Welcome to San Pedro, the podcast. My name is Mike Stark. San Pedro, the podcast is a virtual snapshot of the news, culture, politics, and the people of San Pedro. The segment of Los Angeles that sits between the Vincent Thomas Bridge and the breakwater to the port of Los Angeles. This time out, James Preston Allen, editor of Random Links News, hijacks San Pedro the podcast with an important interview regarding the problems at the post office and mail-in ballots. Take it away, James. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is James Preston Allen, publisher of Random Links News, and I am here today with uh, Nanette Diaz-Berrigan, Congresswoman for the California's 44th District in Congress. Uh, she is a Democrat running for re-election, and I've invited her to uh, come and talk to us about one of the hot-button issues this year, which is uh, the problem with the U.S. Post Office. And um, she's recently uh, been corresponding with uh, none, other, none other than the uh, Postmaster General himself, who appeared in Congress this week. So, uh, good afternoon, uh, Representative Berrigan. Um, give us the update on the, uh, the, post, the battle to save the post office. Well, I wish I had better news for you and those uh, joining us today, uh, but we still have a situation where the House Democrats have passed a bill uh, to provide uh, $25 billion for the post office, and people should understand, I got asked about this yesterday, the money was requested by the Board uh, of Governors of, from the Postal Department. And by the way, this is, these are Trump appointees. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have asked for this money to help deal with uh, shortfalls from COVID-19 um, and to address issues at the post office. And so House Democrats are committed to making sure that the post office has the resources that it needs to be able to deliver your mail, your medicine, your ballot, and to make sure that ballot gets in on time. And uh, we've heard the president himself uh, talk about, uh, you know, if the post office doesn't have the money, it can't process the ballots. And that's a real concern. So given that we have passed this legislation and the Senate has done nothing with it, we may have to look at the year-end spending bill, uh, which has to pass by the end of September. The, one of the really surprising things is when the postal issues first started to surface, what we kept hearing from our colleagues on the other side was, well, we, we want to deal with the post office issue, but it's in a larger bill because it was part of the HEROES Act. Right. And they're like, well, we don't want to fund local government. We, want, we don't want to give money to you know, our teachers and firefighters and our, and our local government. So this was effectively, I call it a dare, right? We were willing to pull out the postal service issues from the bill as a standalone to say, okay, here you have it now. You can do, we can do what we need to make sure the postal service has the resources they need. And then they still said no. They turned it into a political effort saying this is the all made up. Uh, believe it or not, my colleagues on the House floor argued this was a hoax just like they did uh, when COVID started. Uh, and so it's okay. a real sad situation. You know, this is not a political issue. This is what really drives me kind of nuts is that 
the post office serves everybody equally. And there's nothing else, uh, no other place where you could put a 55 cent stamp and have it delivered to rural America. And it's something that's been so reliable uh, historically. It was pre-constitution. It was in the Federalist Papers. And so this is a service. It's not a business. Uh, people also think this is, well, why, ha- why aren't they making a profit? It's not a business. It's a service. And it will cost you not very much more money if you want to send something to the territories or Hawaii versus if you go to a business like a FedEx mm-hmm. or UPS, right. you know, they can set their own prices. They don't have the regulation and, uh, and the restrictions that the post office has because it's a service. And uh, sometimes people have a hard time understanding that, that this was intended to be a service. So let's backtrack a few years. I believe it was in 2006 before you uh, came to Congress that the Congress passed an act to force the post office to pre-fund 75 years of, uh, is, is it retirement benefits or just health care benefits? Like pension benefits. And it is ridiculous. No other agency has this requirement other than the post office. Um, I'm a big supporter of getting rid of it. It is not necessary. And again, nobody else has it. So the post office has restrictions that businesses don't have, that other agencies don't have. And it's one of the things that we've been fighting to eliminate. And let's make sure we're clear. You know, I, the post office is not perfect and reforms are needed. And this is something that has been worked on by the oversight committee um, on, and, on a bipartisan basis and reforms are needed. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, but the, what's happening right now is really unprecedented from my conversations with postal workers. And that is right before an election, you are having all these blue boxes pulled out. Now, some people say, well, isn't it normal that they pull out blue boxes? If you talk to the postal workers, they'll tell you that, sure, they've taken blue boxes out before, not a lot at one time. They'll take it out to maintenance it, update it, maybe put it back. But the postal workers have said they've never seen so many boxes being taken out. And certainly the sorting machines, um, you get rid of sorting machines and you don't replace them, that is going to cause a delay. So when you combine all the changes that are being made, um, and, and the postmaster general himself admitted there's been a greater consequence than he expected, then we're going to see and experience what we're having now. The big concern is that the timing and how close it is to the election. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy responded to your letter of complaint to his office. And just prior to the vote, was it not, he suspended the, um, the reforms that were instituted some of which were instituted before he took office and, and many were instituted after he took office. What's your read on that? Well, I think there was a lot of public outcry and pressure, um, probably amongst both sides, that they said, hey, uh, let's not make any more changes. Part of the problem is some of the damage has been done. And so the legislation was intended to um, help, A, stop changes, and B, help put some of these uh, measures back into place, whether it's the machines, whether it's the boxes. Um, and let's be, let's be clear on what the, the postmaster's response basically was to our letter. Um, he more or less said, 
look, these are delays caused by COVID um, and because of personnel shortages. And they have said that they don't anticipate having any problems with the mail-in ballots. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, James, my concern is this administration is one that you can't trust. Um, they've said things before. And when you have the president himself uh, basically uh, making fun of the fact that if the post office doesn't get its money, uh, ballots can't be processed, that's a real concern. And I think um, our democracy is at stake. So um, we are you know, going to continue to see what happens and we'll continue to push to try to get some changes um, into the, uh, the year-end spending bill if we can't get an agreement before that. Even with an increase in mail-in ballots, um, it seems as though the, uh, the, post, the post office itself actually has the inherent capacity to, to process you know, millions of uh, mail-in ballots. And in the case of those people who are now distrusting the post office, the counties could mail out ballots and the counties could then have their own drop-offs, correct? Well, the county is going to have some drop-boxes. Um, I know that Supervisor uh, Janice Hahn uh, made that announcement that they're going to put some boxes up. Um, but the problem is that um, we know there's been a slowdown in the mail. Uh, we have heard from constituent after constituent many stories at a San Pedro. Um, I could tell you about some of them. The one that's most troubling for me, um, Don from San Pedro, I'm going to say, his letter to us said he had not received mail for eight days. He re relies on the mail for his medication, and it took 12 days for him to receive it. You know, medication is a matter of life and death, and people can't wait uh, for their medication that's delayed. And so the things like that are, are very troublesome, but when you talk about the, the ballots, we know that there is a deadline. Right. You can mail it on the day of the election, but it has to be received by a certain number of days after that election. So if there is a slowdown in the mail, if you have people who historically have said, I'm going to wait and mail it on election day, either because they can't make up their mind or they're procrastinators, that ballot may not count now because of the delay. And so that's my concern. And that will disenfranchise a lot of voters. And I want to make sure that we do everything we can to not allow that to happen. And I think in the year two, uh, in the year where you have the secretary of state um, and the county officials saying they're going to mail a ballot to everybody, um, regardless if you ask for one because of COVID. And I think that's a responsible thing to do um, that you're going to have more ballots going through the mail than you have historically had going through the mail. And we want to encourage people to use the mail-in process to help flatten the curve. We, we all thought the summer was going to give us a break from COVID and that it would ramp again up in the fall. Uh, it's, not, it's not good now. We see the numbers rising, and the flu season hasn't even hit. And when the flu season hits and COVID is around, we're going you know, to have real issues. This is something Dr. Fauci has mentioned and talked about. Uh, we're going to have real challenges. You know, the other thing, James, I think our viewers should know, your viewers should know today, is who the Postmaster General is. This is not somebody who used to work at the post office. This is not somebody who has any experience at the post office. Right? This is a donor of the president who was basically handpicked and put into this position 
Um, and so that's another huge concern. We've got somebody that doesn't understand the post office. I don't know if you saw his testimony the other day. He couldn't tell you about some of the basic um, postage rates and how priority mail works. That's a concern. How do you run an agency where you don't understand how it works or the service that's being provided? Now, the clip that I saw that I, it was very telling was when uh, one of your colleagues uh, asked uh, what the postage was for a postcard. Mm-hmm. And he said, I have no idea what postage costs. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we just have to continue to, to, um, to keep this up. Now, you mentioned that you've seen delays. Have you seen an impact yourself um, recently? Oh, uh, yeah. I have multiple experiences with delays in getting uh, checks in the mail, uh, mm-hmm. payment for services and advertising. And I've also uh, had experience with our checks going out being delayed uh, to an extent that caused problems for our business. And I'm sure that this is not unique to my business. I think it's, it's across the board impacting every small business, you know, in America and who, from my reading, about 70% of, of the small businesses in America rely upon the post office for, you know, exchange of uh, payments and remittances. This is and- definitely an impediment to getting the economy back working. Right. And you raise a good point. You know, Melinda, who's a small business owner right here in San Pedro, called our office. She's a small business owner. And she says, look, they rely upon the mail, as you just said, for checks. They need to then pay rent. And so if they're not arriving, they're not arriving on time. That impacts the rent. And everybody's already having a challenging time with COVID. We don't need any additional hurdles. So um, it's a it's a fight we're going to continue to have. And frankly, I tell people across the country, call your family and your friends in some of the red parts of the country um, and have them make sure they're reaching out to their members and their senators because we need the pressure to continue um, for, for the elected officials in parts of the country that think this is a hoax, that thinks it's not happening. On that uh, note, I will thank you for your time. Uh, again, this is uh, an interview with Nanette Diaz-Berrigan, the congresswoman for California's 44th District, speaking on issues of the U.S. Post Office. And I do thank you and uh, keep up the good fight. And thank you for joining us for San Pedro, the podcast. Please like our Facebook page, share and subscribe to the podcast at facebook.com. San Pedro Podcast, all one word. See you next time.